It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, hey. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Last Chat. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa girl. How you doing this Thursday evening, Mama? I'm doing, girl. I am doing. Mhm. I saw your young man had his graduation today. Woohoo! Congratulations, yes. young Jay. <laughs> yes, that's he exciting. Is. He is a high schooler now, so Ooh. I gotta figure out and get my life and uh, <laughs> figure out what I'm gonna do because he on his way on out. <laughs> girl, it goes so fast. I cannot believe it. I have kids in college. It's just, girl, you blink, and before you know it, man, they are on their way. Soaring in the sky with their wings all a flutter. Just feel a little philosophical. <laughs> I was like, all a flutter, hey? All right. <laughs> yeah, but he's great. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm so proud of him. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's he's learning. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's always, it's all learning for both sides. As You know, when he goes to high school, you go to high school as well. So it's like you're right there side by side in this journey. And um, sometimes the sidelines can be even harder than the actual play on the court. Use a little sports vernacular there. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm already, like, thinking um, because there's so many things that I want to do that I, I mm-hmm. just have just, just in my mind, not mm-hmm. even in my mind, just really in my spirit to kind of do. And I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, make those things happen um, mm-hmm. and be able to, to do that at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's going to happen. Whatever it is, it's going to happen uh, the way it's supposed to happen. So don't you be stressing out too much, girl, because it's in the man above ten. But welcome once again, everybody. Misha and I, it seems like we've been away for so long, even though we tried to come to you live from the award show last weekend. And for those that did tune in, we hope you enjoyed our first road trip. It was a little noisy in the in the place, but we managed to do what it what it do, and we had a good time just making it happen because at least we flew off the cuff, and I think we did a wonderful job for a last minute. Like, can you go live? I think we did really well. You know what, Key? I think you are so right. And you know, a lot of times you don't see things. I gonna say you're blinded, but sometimes we just can't see stuff. Um, and you know, when people say, "I love you guys," the slow, you guys just kind of mash it. Da 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 da. And I was like, "Okay, thank you," but you never really see it till I saw it. Like that day, we was on point. It was just like automatic. We guess we worked it. <laughs> we did. We worked it. <laughs> we did, and we so thank all the guests. I mean, we had a plethora of artists that night, Lisa, from across the board, all types of authors and artists, and it, it was fun getting to know them, and I think they had a good time trying to make it work as well, you know. Everything was off the cover. Hey, can you give us a few minutes? Can you give us a few minutes? Sure. You know, we had to, like, work the room. That's what we would do, at least. We were working the room. <laughs> we were, I was just thinking that, because we really, we were really working the room. It was, like, a great weekend. It's really refreshing to walk into a room and people are just excited to see you uh, because this platform we created, it it was meant to be free. You know, we created Mm -hmm. it so that people can share their passion um, and share their Mm -hmm. vision. You know, a lot of times as readers, you feel an author's pen, so you get to feel their passion in their work. However, Mm -hmm. that word of mouth, you know, that helps them sell their work. But personality mm-hmm. is how you feel their passion just by listening to them. You get to feel and hear why they do what right. they do, why they chose to do what they do, what put them in the position, what drove them in the direction. And it's it's a testimony. Some of them are, are you know, really testimonials of, of falling down and getting back up. And some is just an encouraging testimony for somebody that might just have it in the back of their head to do something, to learn an experience. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's it's a mm-hmm. learning experience to see when people decide to do stuff, how they're doing it, when they're doing it. And I think it's just a wonderful thing that we do here. If, by chance, you want to support and help keep our show free, you can always, always become a sponsor. We offer two sponsorship packages. Uh, you just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com and that information will be sent to you. Uh, We do appreciate everybody. Oh, my God. I didn't realize how many people listened to our show. Um, Mm -hmm. It was people that were just like, I knew that voice, and I was like, wow. So it was an awesome experience. (laughs) It It really, really really was. was. (laughs) It was. And, you know, we do so much behind the scenes. A lot of people don't see what we do behind the scenes, but it's, a lot that we try to do to prepare and give everyone a quality show. And for us to take our first road trip and actually meet so many people that we've had on the show and so many even more potential people to have on the show and to see their passion, like you said, up close and in person, it was 
great. You know, you get to see them, you kind of yes, put sir. face to the name, to the voice, to the passion. And it was so much fun. We met so many great artists that we're going to be bringing to you, and we hope you will be as excited we as we did. We really did. I met so many great people. Um, I don't want to say diamonds because everybody was there, and a lot of people go to events or even book events, and they say, I don't like them. I'm not selling any books or, you know, um, I, I don't do this, I don't do that. But they miss out on the networking aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, though. The one thing that did bother me is everybody was there. There were a lot of authors there. And they had the Tulip-ish meet-and-greet event. And for all those authors that was there, they were excited to see the male panel authors and excited to purchase other people's books and take pictures and have a good time. They were excited to shake hands and mix and mingle with them. They were excited to see um, Victoria Christopher Murray. They were excited just to be in the present mm-hmm. time. Now, one of them had their own book, a physical mm-hmm. copy. And that's right. the one thing I'm going to say when I feel, and I'm not an author, I'm a reader. But I think that when you are out like that, you should always have your book in a physical mm-hmm. copy with you wherever you go. I got like six. We don't have any books we get free. Six? We got like six free books. And mm-hmm. for uh, Rashana say Bill was talked about writing a tote, coattail of another author, you know, when she first got into the industry. You have all those authors there drawing out readers. Mm -hmm. You could have took 10 books and gave them away for free to any new reader that you met. You see what I'm saying? Just to to get them in, just to introduce Mm -hmm. them to your pen, just to introduce them to your personality. I think that a lot of times thinking out of the box as far as marketing and promotion and advertising is so necessary. And you can get that information from anywhere and from anybody. But I just wanted to drop that right there because it was just just sitting on me. I just was like, oh, people there. Nobody has their own book. If you're a new author and you're able to give Rashonda Tate Billingsley uh, your your own book just for free or, or anything, we gave away T-shirts mm-hmm. and uh, and mugs and so and pens. So when those people are signing mm-hmm. books, they're looking at less chat. When they're you know mm-hmm. drinking their coffee, they're looking at less chat. It's mm-hmm. just just a way to get yourself out there. And that's all. I'm that branding. <laughs> it's that that branding <laughs> leash. And you know, in addition to mm-hmm. that, it's also better than handing someone a business card. Okay, you have a no, you have a business card. No, but I have my book. How about that? You can't get any better than that. You Absolutely. really can't yeah, because that is you between the pages. That 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 book is your physical business card. That is your sweat, tears, and everything else. You can't get any better than that. So I hope that um our listening audience, as well as our uh, do we have any authors on the line, we hope that that little bit of information kind of can can help in any future events that you may visit. Absolutely. And we talked about just um, 
meeting different people. I actually met someone today, and it was it was by chance to find out what they do. So my son went over to his friend's house to hang with his friends after graduation. And so my husband says, oh, his dad is a photographer. I'm like, okay, so I get out the car, we go in the house. He's not a photographer. He was actually getting ready to do a podcast. But come to find out, not only is he an author, he's a motivational speaker. We had an awesome conversation. He's an independent publisher. So and he has awesome, awesome knowledge. So I'm going to make sure that we get him on the show mm-hmm. um, just to even drop jewels. He's, he's, he does right. children's books, awesome right. conversation. His vision is awesome. Everything was awesome. So I want to make sure that I get him on the show just to be able to drop um, – Struggle a few little jewels. Everything that other people do is not going to work for you. But mm-hmm. you know me, I compare everything to 31 flavors. You go on to 31 flavors, you got the little spoons. You're like, let me taste this, let me taste this, let me taste this. And you never know, a few things you may hear may be that one thing that just really tickles your palate and like, I need to try that. I need to see if that will work for me. So um, I, I just really want to make sure that we get him on. Uh, mm-hmm. We are taking a break in July, but we will be back in August. So it was awesome. It was like a last-minute meeting. We were there for like two hours. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. But um, I just want to add this one more thing, Lise. The energy in the rooms with all those authors mm-hmm. and, and artists, yes. you can literally feel it. The air was mm-hmm. closer with their electricity and their energy, and you, it, it, just, it just affects you, and it just keeps you motivated. And, guys, Lisa got me in so much trouble while we down there. She, she just, she was just, she just. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> she Tony, got me in so uh, much Tony trouble. Tony was a live one. Y'all would think Tony would be so quiet and just reserved, but no. I was like, oh, my, she kept me in some shenanigans. I was like, mm. <laughs> This is this is the real tea, <laughs> and we love to just hang out whenever we we are together. We're only together a few times a year, but we always have a good time. We have our own little routine. We didn't get to do mm-hmm. uh, our little Manny and Petty routine, but we still had a good time. Uh, we always yes. do, but yes. She is a, not only is she a comedian, y'all, oh, my goodness, she had me rolling. She had you giving folks the side eye. You don't even know you're giving them the side eye until you like, oh, okay, I see that. <laughs> we oh, had the man. best we time, so though. We had so much fun. And if you guys missed it, make sure you guys, you know, plan early and try to attend the awards next year. I mean, it just gets better and better. This is our second time going and it was better in many ways than last time, but you know, there's always room for improvement. You're never going to be able to satisfy everybody, but the masses that we spoke to and we observed, they really had a great time. So try to plan and get there next year. Get that network going. Absolutely. It was the perfect spot to network. And I love how you just said that. Like, it it wasn't perfect, but it was better than last year. 
I just love her mm-hmm. vision. Shout out to Tamika Newhouse. I just love her vision and her ideal and her her uh, passion to always want to step it up and bring something to find out, okay, what's this and what's that. It was just awesome. It was an awesome time and an awesome experience. It really, really was. It was. And um, until next year, you know, and, and what's coming up next is the Harlem Book Fair, so I'm not sure who all is going, but that's another place to get some great networking going and, and to feel the energy and the passion of the various authors and artists. Absolutely. And we will be at the Harlem Book Fair this year. Um, this is the this is like the first year we're like really traveling. I don't know if we're gonna do a live show, um, because I've never been to the Harlem Book Fair, but he goes uh almost every year. So this is my first time just experiencing everything um, and meeting everybody and, you know, being able to just network and shake hands and pass out cards and, you know, pins and just enjoy ourselves um, Mm -hmm. in the literary world. So if you are in the New York area, make sure you head, or Harlem area, Harlem, New York, Mm -hmm. make sure you head out and um, just experience it. Absolutely. That tri-state area kind of get can get to that neutral place because you have people coming from Jersey, Connecticut, New York, upstate, downstate. So if you're in the area and you can get to it, get up there to 125th Street up there in Harlem, New York. We'll be there. Look to meeting everyone that will be there. Absolutely, absolutely. We have a fabulous show today. Um, our topic today is surviving the game. Uh, we have three fabulous, fabulous authors. We have T.N. Jones, Shonda Wade, and Marina Chestnut. They're going to be gracing us with their presence today in the chat room. I'm super excited for that. And just so you know, you don't have to log on to Blog Talk to catch our show. You can, you can actually catch us on any podcast app. You can go on iTunes. We're on iTunes as a podcast. Stitcher, Pot Bay, um, we're there. All you have to do is just search our show, and it should pop up. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome experience. Um, just to yeah. be able to reach to reach people um, mm-hmm. outside of the norm. That that thinking yeah. out of the box, and that's a lot of the ways to 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 allow yourself to survive the game because the industry mm-hmm. is very saturated. Everybody does some of the same thing. Everybody does different things. You have some genres that are strong, some genres that are weak, some are stronger than others. But I think the biggest thing is right now is children's books and mm-hmm. things related to education and um, spirituality. You know, I think those genres are strong right now. So mm-hmm. it's it's just all a process, and you have to learn how to survive it. You know, mm-hmm. every every book you write is not going to hit. Everybody is not going to enjoy what you write. That's okay. But when they do enjoy that one book, you want to make sure your library is one point. So when they read that one book, they're going to go back to the library to see what else is in there. Yes, I know that's what I do when I get a good book by an author that I don't normally read. Okay, I like this book. Let me go see what else she has in her library, he or she. And, and you just gather them up. And that's that word of mouth, you know, that, that I've got to get with everything, everything that she's written. And I've done that with a couple of authors, Nini and Cash, first and foremost. 
you know, Nene introduced me to Cash, and once I read that dual pen, I went and scooped up everything Cash read as well as Nene. So you never know what's in a library. And, and those season authors, it's always a good thing to go in and tighten up those earlier works because as you grow in the industry, do you know that your first book or second book didn't reflect your talent? Just go back and touch it up because someone will be Absolutely. looking at your earlier work. Guarantee it. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, we're going to do our clip. Our clip today, we're going to do Sell Yourself, just our tribute to authors. We okay. love Mike and Molly, um, and that's a fabulous show if you are an author. I watch those reruns. It just talks about the, the life, daily life of an author, a new author, and some of the things that they go through and with life and writing, so it's awesome. Uh, our resource of the day um, is by Barbara um, Beige. Mm-hmm. Or beige. I think it's beige. Um, and it's okay. Bell Bindings, a writer's guide to achieving excellence and captivating readers. Um, mm. It's a. I like this. I think that this book is probably even um, an editor would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because you always want to find a way to upgrade and step up your pen, and step up your writing. Um, And your sentences um, or the content inside of your book has to draw people in. You want to make sure Mm -hmm. that it's always hitting and on point. And so that's why I actually picked this, the spellbinding sentences, because the sentences itself, um, the emotion, the passion, that's what pulls the reader into the book. So they are a very important part um, of the book of your book you know you have you know great writing but it does require more than an original idea um it it requires more than um characters great characters it Mm -hmm. requires more than a great plot you know you need to have all of those things to really be successful but when you think about writing and writing well it really demands a different skill set and, and name that book one more time, Leash. It's Spellbinding Sentences. And I think that this book is a great tool to have um, because it, it helps you master the power um, of words. Mm-hmm. I really think so. Okay. So make sure you check it out. It, it really is a resource book. Um, it is great. You know, I love my little single little tabs, so I do keep those handy. Mm -hmm. So we have our first guest in. We're going to bring her in. We got the fabulous Ken Jones. Okay, we have a hand up, Lee. You want to take that caller right quick? Hello. Hello. How is everyone? Hi. Hi, How how are are you? you? I'm finding yourself. We are good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Now, for all of those that don't know who you are and they are not aware of your almighty pen, tell everybody a little bit about Tian Jones uh, and a little well, bit I'm, about your work. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Prattville, Alabama, but I moved to Montgomery 10 years ago. I'm a, I naturally talk fast, so y'all have to tell me to slow it down a little bit so that you can understand me. 
I have a five-year-old daughter that motivates me every day. When I don't feel like writing, I get up and I write. Now, I've started by 11 books. Only two of them is published. And it, I write in the books depending on how I feel when I wake up that morning. So if I'm in a disastrous mood, I go to my murder mystery book. If I'm in the sad mood, I will go to my romance that didn't work out and they didn't, you know, they didn't make it. So it all depends on how I'm feeling for the day and what I'm working on. So I don't have a set genre because I want to find, actually, I want to know what my heart is really set on writing. So I want to know, can I master yeah. all of them and which ones I'm struggling with? As of right now, I'm writing an urban fiction book, and it is kicking my butt. So that lets you know <laughs> that I would not be writing urban fiction much. Um, my first two books, they're women's fiction with a hint of mystery and suspense, which that was easy for mm-hmm. me. So I know that's pretty much where a majority of my books is going to be, women's fiction and murder mystery. I will not write in Christian fiction. Mm-hmm. So um, I will read it, but I won't write it because I don't think I can really tap into that spectrum yet. So hopefully in about the next year mm-hmm. or two, I will be able to write in it. Um, I'm a full-time mom, of course. I um, have a rare hereditary disease, which is hydrogenitis. It affects my sweat glands, and that really enabled me to write better mm-hmm. um, because I, of course, have to work my arms a lot. And um, it's able to have me focus on myself more and to do research. So while I'm writing my fiction books, I can also, you know, educate people about HS because a lot of people don't really understand it. The doctors don't understand it. So as I'm giving you fiction, I'm also giving you facts into what mm-hmm. I struggle with okay. every day. Um, mm-hmm. I also, in my first book, I give a little knowledge about familiar polyposage, which also is another rare um, hereditary disease that my family have, and it is very little people that know anything about it, including the doctors. So, um, yeah, it is very rare. Um, my grand, my grandfather and down to my two-year cousin don't have a large intestine, including myself. So, of course, I'm going to educate the readers because everyone is, they know about the breast cancer, they, they know about AIDS, they're aware of all of that, but not aware about the little stuff that you know, me and my mm-hmm. family members go through. So that's another reason why that motivates me to write, to educate others. Mm-hmm. So those are my main two, you know, what my family goes through and my daughter. They they make it what it is for me. They make my life better and educating other people that makes me happy. So that's what I'm going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. And you Absolutely. know something, this is those little things that you don't hear about that that can really be devastating because you don't know the signs, you don't know the symptoms. And and it's it's great to be educated by someone that's actually going through it. So you don't even know what to look for if you don't know, you know, what's out there. Exactly. Because I've actually been dealing with familiar polyposis for 15 years. At the beginning, they was like, yeah. well, we just don't know. She's just she's just losing blood. We don't know why. She's just anemic. Maybe she's not eating right. And I'm greedy. If you're on my Facebook page, you'll catch me at 3 o'clock in the morning eating everything I didn't cook the day before. So they was like, well, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And it got down to the bare point where it was like, okay, if we don't find what's wrong with her, she's going to be dead in three months. So mom mm-hmm. was like, okay, it, it has to be something. And when they went in and they did the colon she was like, wow, her entire large testing got to go. Because mm-hmm. it, it slipped oh, her wow. mind, it slipped, it slipped everybody's mind. And then once they took out the large, I was fine. I'm back to eating everything I want to eat. Right. So. Now I'm just educating, you know, the younger parents who don't know how important it is to have your kids check. Just just get mm-hmm. checked. Just tell them to check you. So that's why I, I write, and I make sure I put that in there. I throw little, mm-hmm. little, little messages in there, and it's all about being healthy and being educated at the end of the day. 
little of drama, of course, because everybody loves drama. <laughs> no. Got to have some drama. <laughs> yes, most definitely, because well, what is life without in. drama? That's how you pull them in. That's right. That's how you pull them in, and then you feed them. You feed them with, you know, you get them with the drama, and you feed them what they need to have. I love the fact that you combine um, the things that you go through in life and use your book as a testimony to to show people and to just give the little bit of knowledge that you have and share with them and why you're sharing. I love that concept. A lot of times people write books, they just write them. They don't have a, a end result, like something that they want to give to the reader outside of entertainment. Um, so mm-hmm. I love it. They do it in kids' books all the time. You know, they have yes. books, and they talk about brushing your teeth, and they talk about taking a bath, and they talk about this, and uh, citizenship, and this and that. But when it's geared towards grown-ups, unless it's a Christian book, you don't really have that. So to you, I'm glad that you took that and put that into a contemporary and urban book where you are teaching everybody something um, that they can take with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I was skeptical about it at first because a lot of people were like, oh, that's an illness. We don't want to hear about it. And something in the back of my head was like, do it. And mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. And then I had a lot of people inbox me. It was like, wow, what is this? I'm like, Google it. They was like, I don't understand it. Okay, call me. I'll teach you about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the, you know, is a lot of authors like, wow, you go through a lot. Because every three to four months, I have surgery for hydrogenitis, which, in fact, the day before my daughter graduated, they cut my armpits. I'm like, wow, book two is dropping. How am I going to promote? And I was like, mm-hmm. God, help me. <laughs> and so it was like the next day, it was like I had no pain. I promoted. I had to promote. I had to promote. I had to promote. I was like, I got to push these books out. They don't know me. So hopefully this will help me. And I crashed. And the next day, I got up and I promoted. Back in my mind, you got to, you got to let these people know what you go mm-hmm. through. And how important mm-hmm. writing is to you, because without writing, I would be insane. Mm. Absolutely. Now, I want wow. you to just take a minute. I know we're we doing a show. We're talking about your book, and we're going to get to that. Just take a little bit, uh, a little time just to educate on what it is and, and what it does, because somebody might have symptoms and not even know. Just take a little time just to educate a little bit um, to our listeners. Okay, the hydrogen supertiva is where it affects your sweat glands in your groin area, um, in your armpits. It may seem like a boil, but it's not. It really affects um, your sweat glands, your sinus tracts. So it's, they have your arms at a 45-degree angle when they're like uh, at least a golf ball size. So the doctors have to go in and cut it, make a, a nice incision, I mean really nice, like nine inches long and seven, like pushing your you – can, I can put my entire finger in my wound right now. That's just how much they had to clean out. They had to take out scar tissues. Um, they had to take out at least a one-fourth of my sweat glands and clean out my sinus tracts. There's nothing they can do about it. So what I researched um, from um, one of the med line in Canada is that it has something to do with my diet. It has something to do with hormones, which is I can't do nothing about either one of those. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the familiar polyposis is where I have thousands of polyps or growth that come in the, the digestive tract, which I don't have a large intestine, mm-hmm. but I still have my rectum lining. Um, if I don't get checked once a, a month, well, not once a month, but once a year, it's a possibility it could spread and turn into cancer. Wow. So um, mm-hmm. the symptoms of that is um, at first it really wasn't. It just seemed like I was anemic. 
but you um, they would say you have internal bleeding, you most definitely want to check into that. I would suggest that at first I didn't have any symptoms. I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't, that I could see with the naked eye. But once they went and did all the tests and they did the fecal test, they was like, wow, you're still living. I'm like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, that's not BM. That's pure blood. I'm like, wow. So you'll be tired constantly. They're going to say you're anemic. You 7.5, you're 6.5. Well, really, when you hit to 6, that's classified as a coma status. Please, please go visit your doctor. Because at 5.5, I was walking around like it was okay. Me not knowing that, hey, you really supposed to be in a coma. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the best thing to do is just get checked. Know your family history. That is the family history, the medical history, that is important. Young, old, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Get down with the old heads and ask them, okay, what do we have in our family? Get all your mm-hmm. kids checked. And that's what I'm doing now by my daughter being five. She has um, eight inches of her small intestine removed, and I'm on it. I'm like, okay, eye appointment. You go, she goes see her GI doctor Monday to make sure she doesn't have the hereditary disease that I mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, wow. everybody is different. Some people don't show signs until they're 35. Some show them as young as I did at 17. Mm-hmm. So on that, I say it's, it's just best to get checked every year. Just have a full exam done, all of it. It can hide, or you can be thinking it's a headache, but it's really something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's, it's crazy. It's just best to get checked. Wow. We and I'm glad you took the time to, yes, because a lot of people don't get um, a colonoscopy on a regular basis. They don't add that uh, to their yearly physicals unless it's something that's required. So mm-hmm. if you haven't never had one um, and you're close to 40, you may want to just, I would say, contact your doctor, talk with your doctor about it. Um, but it's important to check every aspect, not just you know, people go to the doctor for they, the dentist every six months or they get their GYN appointment, but you got to check everything. So I'm, mm-hmm. glad, I'm glad, that, glad that you shared that, and we appreciate that, um, that you mm-hmm. shared that with us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in addition to that, Lise, you know, I know we're going to get on to the books, but one thing that Tian said that was so key and so important is know your family history. How many of, of right. us don't know your family history, at least that family medical history. There are so many things that are heredit, you know, hereditary that you're walking mm-hmm. around and you're not aware of that exist in your family. So that was one of the most important things Absolutely. that I heard is to be informed and to be educated about your family medical history. So, and I'm going to add to that to find out if it's hereditary through males or females. For example, uh, you can have an eye disease that, is hereditary, but it comes from a male. So you want to be able, I think a lot of times, even males, we don't educate our boys and our men enough. They don't already don't go to the doctor like they should. But we have to just start educating them to be aware of the different things that could be going on in their body. And that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the things, that making sure we understand where it's coming from. Exactly. Exactly. But on to your book, Tien. Tell us a little bit about your latest work. Okay, the latest work is this little year two. It's, um, it's a trilogy. The third is coming out at the end of July. The first mm-hmm. one, it starts off with um, my main, well, all of my characters are main. So I give each one of them spotlight. Janice is, um, she's into it with her boyfriend, of course. 
and he just do what he want to do. He think he doesn't have to answer to anyone. So later on, they meet this guy, which is his ex-best friend, and it just goes haywire from there. Everybody's getting harassed. They get emails of things that happened in the past, and this one particular person is ready to expose everyone, and uh, it's chaotic. <laughs> it's, it's pretty much chaotic. It's, it's drama everywhere. So it's like every page you have drama, drama, drama. You're expecting like, okay, who is this mystery caller? Who is the who's texting? Is it has to be like three, four people texting, but it's only one person. So mm-hmm. the finale is is going to be booming. Um, book two, when you get to the first page, it just starts in complete action. It picks up right where one left off. It goes into you know why Latrice's family was killed. I can't see who killed them, of course, if you haven't read book one. Um, it goes mm-hmm. into why Dominic decides he didn't want to tell Janice about his his other two lives that he had. It, it answers all the questions from book one. Um, the third, I'm going to sum it up because I'm tired of dealing with Janice, JP. I'm tired of, de- I'm tired of them. I'm ready for the love story now because it's like it's all over the place. And they was like, you know, everybody wants peace at the end. But this one particular mm-hmm. person wants revenge because she's been hurt so much by these two people. She's just, you know what, I just got to get rid of them and find peace within myself. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. drama field. Absolutely. It is, it is drama field. I have a question for you. It's drama field. Ma'am? Absolutely. I have a question for you. How many? How much time in between each book um, did you give before you dropped the last, the, the next one? Did you give like it six was, months, a year? How much time in between? No, ma'am. I had book one and two was completed in December, but I had some, some issues, personal and professional, so I had to back away and, you know, hmm. look for another publisher. And then I dropped the first one in March, and I did the second one in uh, May. So by me having mm-hmm. surgery in March, I had to postpone book two, which is this lawyer, because she was been dropped in April. So I'm trying to at mm-hmm. least, in the series, my goal is to at least drop my series books every month, then take a break and do a standalone, and then drop it, and then give myself a break. It depends on exactly what I'm writing, whether it's a series or a standalone. I try to at least try to drop them every other month. Mm-hmm. Before my readers, so and then of course mm-hmm. I have to take into account my arms. So I'm trying my best to do it every other month for standalone. Wow. Okay. And do you think that that gives them time to chew, chew on, and sit with the characters from the um, previous book? Yes, ma'am. I think it would give them time because I'm not trying to drop the same thing every time, like urban fiction, urban fiction. And okay, I might do a love story here. I want to rotate. Like say these the first two books is is women's fiction, the third one I'm thinking about I'm thinking about dropping is urban fiction, and I want to come back with the women's fiction to complete that, and then I want to do a pure romance which is really out of my league, but I want to try it because I've never done it, so I don't want to keep dropping the same genre I want to try to drop a different one you know to to get every to reach everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, I would like to do. Mm-hmm. Now this is Tony, and um, I know that you say you don't want to be pigeonholed into one genre, and the various genres do require research. But do you feel that your background in research, you know, I, I was reading your bio where you did a lot of research papers. That was one of your things that you enjoyed. Do you find that that helps you to um, research the different you're writing about? Yes, ma'am. I have Sometimes seven binders. Sometimes research can be so deep. Sometimes research can be so tedious, you know. Yes, I have seven binders, and I have a bookshelf that's from I me mean, 
actual real life um, events all the way up into fiction. Mm-hmm. So I look, I pull out all my books, I get all my resources, I have a binder just strictly on how to write a murder mystery and how to pull it off to the T. And before I get into that book, I would sit there for at least two weeks and I would study it. And then, of course, James Patterson is one of my favorite mystery suspense. I will go back and read one of his books and be like, okay, this is how I need to iron it out. But, of course, his books start off slow in the beginning. So I'm trying not to have it slow. I wanted to jump straight into it like, whoa. What is this? This is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to get. So before I just jump and do it, I will have to research fully for two weeks before I just actually just start working on it. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be for every genre. Right. I will research mm-hmm. it fully. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when you decided to sit down and write, um, who were some of the people that supported you? Um, in that effort, I know you you did state that you had issues with your publishing company, but who were some of the people that consistently supported um, just your vision, even if they didn't understand what it was? Only one person. That's my boyfriend of five years. He mm-hmm. was the only one. Was like, you know what? Because I was timid. I've been dealing with it for three years. I'm like, okay, I want to write. And he was like, you have 15 journals in here. Publish them. Like, oh no, no, no. They think I'm crazy. So he was like, well, whatever you want to do, I'm going to stick behind you 100%. And it's just been me and him with the books. He's like, what are you working on now? Can you read that chapter? And then he was like, no. He says he's not a reader. And he's like, I don't like that. Let's work on something else. He's like, wipe it clean, and we're going to start over from scratch. He's helped me on Disloyal One. He's the one who did the ending part. I was like, okay, I got to bring this book to a closure. I need a cliffhanger. And he was like, well, how about you do da-da-da-da-da? And I was like, wow, brilliant. Thanks. Mm-hmm. So he he's he's number one. He helps me with mm-hmm. each book, and he was like, "Well, why don't you put a little sports?" I'm like, "Oh, not sports thing, okay? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we will get to that like uh, seven books from now, <laughs> maybe." But he's my number one supporter. I can I can I feel it with the sports because I love sports. But this is Tony, and um, that's a blessing when you have the person that you're you're in a relationship with being your number one. You know, pushing you to do your best, that is a true blessing. Then you have um, a different, you know, you, you write in a different pen, and I think that's phenomenal. But sometimes an author can write from one point of view, and the readers may see it from a different point of view. How do you feel about that? And do you feel that the readers truly get your message in instances like that? Um, I think that some of them will and some of them won't, because the fact is we all think differently. So I have mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. find a way to tap into the creative writing where I can just, everybody can say, okay, I understand what she's saying. Mm-hmm. But, of course, I'm a newbie, and I'm still doing research on how to get that one sentence that won't have everybody like, okay, what in the world is she saying here? I have half saying I understand. I have half that I don't. I want everybody to understand. And that's what mm-hmm. creative writing and, of course, researching is going to be able to help me to let them understand exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that one. That's an obstacle right now. Mm-hmm. That that's one of my obstacles those, that I have. But sometimes that's where those um, opinions and the various point of views come in from an actual review on your book. And how do you deal with the the reviews that you've received? Have you have you been receptive? Have they been surprising? How how have you been been receiving your reviews? I'm actually receiving them wonderfully because I'm I'm not one of those people that you know just go crazy once I get a bad review. I'm going to go to the person and ask them, okay, what could I have done better? Can you point me in the mm-hmm. direction to help me develop myself better as a writer? 
because I've actually done it like two weeks ago. I contacted, I'm like, okay, you gave me a three-star. The four and five stars, okay, cool. I'm worried about this three-star. So where did I mess up at? How could I have done that better in your eyes? And, you know, me and her talked for about an hour. And I was like, okay, now I understand, so I won't make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. So I just constantly ask questions, you know, if don't, as a lot of people, of course, they, they feel that they know you. They come communicate with you every day. They're going to be biased. I try not mm-hmm. to really have them read my work as far as test reading. I need someone who's not familiar with my work or familiar with me and what I go through daily. I need somebody who's going to be raw with me. Tell, be blunt right. like I am. Tell me so that I know I won't make this mistake again. Right. So I take criticism the- very well. So you are the author that Leisha and I talk about all the time on our show as far as reviews, right, Leisha? <laughs> Absolutely, because, you know, sometimes people look at reviews as such bad things, so we always say a one-star review is probably the first review that a reader, a new reader, is going to look at. And sometimes, depending on what the review is, your reviews become a message board. So if you do your job right and you work that pen right, you want to put the reader in their feelings, and then that review becomes a message board. That's how you know that you did the job. Like, you mad because I, I, I broke them up, or you mad because I killed off Fred? Well, I did my job, <laughs> you know? So everyone starts two-star, three-star review is not bad. But because, see, what what you do uh, when you mash up all those different genres in your book, we call that having a um, – ultimate pen. That means you have the ability to put multiple genres in one book. Some people can do that and some people, you know, they can't. So mm-hmm. with that, what is your favorite one to write? Like um, which one I would have to say gives you so much energy and excitement? I would have to say mystery and suspense. First genre I started off writing, which was James Patterson. So I, I love it. I love it. And then the women's fiction, it flows because, of course, I'm a woman, and boy, do I have some stories to tell. In about two years, you get all of them <laughs> through the relationships and life with family and supposedly friends. Oh, yeah, you're going to get all of that. Those are mm-hmm. the the easiest. Now, the urban fiction, I'm like, okay, wow. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. <laughs> I was struggling, mm-hmm. but, of course, I get out there, and I go to the hood, and I sit there, and I watch. I'm like, okay. I can use this, I can use this, I can use this. And then I call my daddy, and he's like, what do I need to help you with now? It's like, make me understand. And then he would break stuff down to them. I'm like, okay, I think I got it. Just a little bit. Okay. So everything's a learning process. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you shared so much. This is Tony. You know, people say Alicia and I sound alike, so we try to remember to say who's speaking. But um, you share so much with Alicia and myself, and I listen to the audience. But tell us one little thing about TN that anyone listening would be so surprised. Like you have a favorite vice that is just out there. What is it that gets you to just enjoy just something so simple but you really enjoy it? Um, I look at my little girl's face and I'm like, okay, you can do anything you want to do. Let's be a kid today. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just go for it. I, I come out of mommy. I come out of the adult mode. Right. I'm like, okay. And I get into her mode. I'm like, okay, when I was five, what did I want to do? And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I was fearless. I mean, I didn't care when nobody thought. I just did it. And I excelled mm-hmm. at it. And then I jumped back into my adult <laughs> self. And I'm like, okay, you can do whatever you want to do. Do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> do exactly. it. Exactly. 
Exactly, and that's a fun age at five. I was just telling Alicia at the top of our show, the time goes by so fast, so love and enjoy it and treasure it as it goes because it, it just goes so fast. They do. It really oh my does. Goodness. She's a diva. They are divas. She's a diva. <laughs> and I love it. Oh, I, I, wouldn't, I thought absolutely. I wanted a boy, but I don't. I love it. And so she was like, well, Mommy, I want to white children. So I said, okay, let, let me get, you know, established a little bit better, and Mama try to get you to writing. So she's like, I want to write like you. Okay, perfect. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a blessing. Latia, yes. please share with us your social media site so our listeners can, can stay in touch with what you're doing. And if you have any events that, that are coming up just so they can come out and support you, can you share that with us? Yes, ma'am. I am um, on Twitter. You can find me at TNHarris6. I'm on Tumblr. It's Too Hot to Trot. And those are all oh. spelled out with the word. Um, from time to time, I would just be in the middle of the night, and I would ramble, and I would put things on there. So that, that's me. Mm-hmm. You can find mm-hmm. me at Novelist TN Jones on Facebook. And I'm also on Goodreads. Now, there's another TN Jones, so we have some issues on how to try to separate the two of us. So to find me, you put in capital T, period, capital N, period, two spaces, and then you spell out Jones. And that's how you will find me. All right. Thank you once again for joining Alicia and I here on this chat. You know, the door is always open. If you have anything new you'd like to share with your readers, um, just let us know and we'll make that happen. All right. And thank you, ladies, for having me tonight. You're very welcome. Have a great evening. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. You have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was awesome. So informative. To just mm-hmm. be able to learn, um, just learn sometimes. Sometimes we, yes. this is a microwave society. People go through everything so fast, and we don't take time to listen and kind of experience different things. Some people don't even take time to go to the doctor. And so it's just mm-hmm. awesome to, for somebody just to be able to share their life and their experience that may be able to mm-hmm. touch someone else's life. We're going to take mm-hmm. a brief break if you're just tuning in. This is Let's chat. I am Miss Leisha. I'm here with my right hand, the fabulous Miss Tony. We're talking that talk about surviving the game. Our next guest will be Shonda Wade. We will be right okay. back. Okay. Yacht dreams on a sunny day. Six rings like MJ. Uh-huh. 
avatar Might need a Kevlar Cause I go to war for her Flies in here Acting like nobody knows her Camera start flashing I be like that girl you blowing up I so you skating on No need I'm hating on you Louis I'm lacing on you Nothing is basic on you Smile on your face Made me say girl you so beautiful What I got in that safe That's only for me and you know You are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. Shout out to Blue Marley and the fabulous Keith Robinson. Yes, Keith Robinson, the actor, is a singer as well. And we appreciate them both for sharing their skills and their talents with us and allowing us to share their music. Um, That is winning. It is available on iTunes, so if you enjoyed it, make sure you head over there and check it out. So we have our next guest. She is so sweet, Miss Shonda Wade. Hey, how are you? Hi. I'm great. How are you guys? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Now, for all of those that don't know who you are, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your work. Oh, wow. Uh, I am author Simply Shonda. I am one-third publisher at Loyalty Reigns Publications with my besties, my friends, um, Tawanda Brown-Johnson and Deborah R. Brandon. Um, I have a couple books on Amazon. I feel a little weird because I used to have a lot. Now I'm, like, down to two. Um, because I switched publishing companies, but my baby is still love, and I love just love making. Um, um, that is up, and my favorite book so far right now, There's Beauty and the Struggle, is up, and I don't know what else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that you switched publishing companies. Um, yeah. And so they didn't keep your other books up? Um, she kept most of them up. Shout out to Coco Mixer from Creative Flow Publications. That's my boo. I love her to death. Um, mm-hmm. She kept some up, but, you know, once you switch and you, you go out on your own, you want to be able to publish your own stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I took them with me, and then once, I, once they came down, I kind of redid them. And I added some stuff. I took some stuff away. I changed it because I don't know. When I reread it, I was like, "Ooh, I could put this in there. Ooh, I could do this. Ooh, let me change that." Mm-hmm. You know, I got excited. You know, you get excited about a book and you change some stuff around, and it's like, "Hey, this could be a whole other book. Let me go. Let me fix this real quick." <laughs> That's true. You know, Leisha and I talked about that at the top of the show. Sometimes, you know, as you get seasoned in your pen. You go back and look at your earlier works, and you've grown, and you want to show the growth of your pen by tightening those up. So uh, it's, that's great that you go back and look at it and read your own new stuff, you know, old stuff to, to kind of make it new again. Absolutely. <laughs> now I have a question for you. This is Alicia. We have to announce ourselves. Sometimes I forget. Sonny always remembers. But people say we sound so much alike. <laughs> now when you A little bit. A little bit. Started... <laughs> When did you first start uh, start writing? Um, and when did you finish your first book? Like, how long did it take you? You won't believe me if I told you how long it actually took me to write my first book. 
I would believe you. <laughs> oh, um, I actually started writing um, two years ago. Um, my first book, No Love, Just Love Making, was, I believe, roughly 24, 25,000 words. Um, it took me seven days to write. Um, my first three chapters, I, I didn't pause. You know how you submit, you know, you submit your chapters to the company and, you know, you wait and try to see, you know, what's going to happen with it. But like, I got so into it. I didn't stop. I submitted the first three chapters and I just kept going and I finished it in seven days. I was done. With your book? With the whole book. I was done. Oh, I, I had... With the whole story, I was done. It was roughly 24,000 words, and I was done with the whole story in seven days. And the only reason I knew that is because I worked every day, every day. The whole seven days, I was at work, and that was the only time I was available to write while was when I was at work. So I worked from Sunday to Sunday on my on my story the whole time. And that Sunday, I was done. I was done. I was like, oh, okay, well, let's see. And I, I gave it to my publisher, which was Coco Mixon at the time, and she loved it. And I was shocked because I had never written anything like that before. So it was like, oh, okay, this, okay, well, okay, let's 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 do something with this. Then. And she mm-hmm. did, and that's how I got my first story. Wow, that's wow. That, this is Tony. This I'm I'm like flabbergasted that it took you seven days. <laughs> Just seven days to write a book. Now, did you do you think that that kind of paved the way for you to want to be an author? Did, was it like a false sense of I could do oh, this? Me. It only took me like seven days. What was the next? How long did the next one take? My part two took it took a little over ten days to write. And oh. it didn't give me a false sense of I wanted to do it. it because I always wanted to, but it was mm-hmm. like, it was one of those things like nobody ever told me I could. So it was like, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. one of those things that was talked about. It was just like, man, I really, I could write a book. I could do it. But nobody ever was like, well, Shonda, yeah, you could write a book. Let me show you how. You know, I didn't, I didn't have right. people in my life that were like, okay. I'm going to show you these are the steps. This is what you do. This is how you do it. This is what you write. Mm-hmm. I have notebooks filled with stories, short stories. With I have me and my best friend, we wrote, when I was in high school, me and my best friend, we wrote erotic poetry. Like we would sit around, seriously, at the lunch table, and we would pass a notebook back and forth, writing, just writing stuff in the notebook. And it was like the best erotic stuff I had. I was like, oh, my God, I don't think we're supposed to be doing this at school, but this is dope. We should do something with this, and we never did anything with it because nobody was like, y'all could do something. Y'all could make this happen. You know, nobody ever gave us that that push we needed to make it happen. And then when I ran into Crystal Alexis, she she put me on. She put me on with Creative Folk Playhouse, and then I met Ty B, and I met Coco Mixon, and I met Tawanda, and I met Jasmine. And it was like these people are of this world I need to know these people. They can give me something, and they did. They they opened a door and a window for me. It was like, come on in. You can't go that way. We'll come this way. You know, it was kind of like and when I wrote my first one, Coco was like, you have something, and it and that scared me. That that honestly scared me. Like, really? I could I could mm-hmm. really do this? I could really do this. 
she 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 mentored me. And even with me not being with Creative Force, she still I'm still I'm able to call her like y'all. What does this mean? How do I how do I do a page break? What is what's the page break? You know, little stupid stuff that most people already know. But I feel comfortable asking her because she's my friend and she helps me out a lot. So it's like. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, it's certain parts of this industry I love, and that, I love that. I love that part. Mm-hmm. I love that I still have people that I can count on and that continues to help me and nurture my gifts. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, you say that Absolutely. you were in school. I'm sorry, Leish. You say you were in school and you were writing back and forth with your friend, this erotica uh, joint between the two of you, but no one really guided you. But was anyone reading it? Did you dare to share with anyone what you guys we did. We did. Oh my God, we did. <laughs> we did. I think we got in trouble once. Um <laughs> We got in trouble once. Um I don't think he's listening. Thank God she's not listening because she's gonna kill me. But um um we were writing oh my gosh. We have a no we had a notebook. We took the notebook, we ate together, you know, it's my best friend, so we ate together or whatever and we were sitting at the table one day, and we passed her notebook back and forth. And I have, back at the time, I had one female friend, and the rest of my rest of my friends were dudes. So we sat at the table, and they were like, why you didn't come over there and eat with us? We are going to go to Walmart and get some chicken or something we were talking about. And and I was like, well, I'm writing right now. I'll be over there in a second. Oh, my God. They were like, what you writing? I'm like, nothing. Why are you worried about it? You know, you kind of get embarrassed. You're like, oh, Lord, please don't let this. Oh, I want them to see Jesus. Ooh, take the wheel. I was scared. I was scared. So um, he grabbed the notebook, and he sat down. He sat down, and he was free. He was like, what the hell is all writing? What is this? And I'm like, dude, calm down. Keep your voice there. Keep your voice there. And so he steady reading. He was like, dude, this is dope. This is dope. I'm like, thank you. Well, keep your voice down. People looking at you. And he was like, no, bro, this is dope. Y'all got to show. So he passed it around. And we just sitting there looking stupid like, Lord, something is going to happen. Sure freaking enough, <laughs> our science teacher at the time then popped up like, what y'all reading? What is this? I'm like, oh, Jesus. Lord, don't call my mama. Oh, my God. Mind you, I'm in like 10th grade at the time. I'm like, Lord, don't call my mama, Lord Jesus. So she took the notebook and she called me and my friend. She called us in her room or whatever. She was like, now, look, I don't know what y'all been doing. I don't know how y'all know all of this stuff. But listen, keep it out of school. I'm going to keep this notebook, but y'all keep it. Don't, don't write no more. I'm like, Lord Jesus, Lord. She said, she said I'm going to keep the notebook. She did. <laughs> she kept that girl. She kept that notebook, and I was every time she seen me, did I write some more? With y'all got some more? I'm like, no, you told us not to write it, so y'all ain't been writing at home. I'm like, no. <laughs> and, and it was really crazy. I was at the DMV, and I seen her today. <laughs> I ain't seen this woman in I know a good 10 years, and I saw her today. She said, girl, I still got that notebook. I was like, no. <laughs> I bet she treasures that. Absolutely. Oh, man. Now we I don't. Who calling me, girl? Oh, my goodness. Probably your teacher. Right. 
Publisher Coco Mixing Creative Flow calling the show some love. Hey, how are you? How are you? How are you ladies? Welcome. Y'all need to, to get her on here. Yes, I have to call in and show yes, you some love, Shonda. Now you know. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to your story. You was bad in 10th grade, apparently. <laughs> so does my life now. Look now. This is a judgment free zone. Right, Tony? At least tell us. Don't quit judging us. Oh, I judged already. It was too late. I <laughs> love the text story, though. Said, Don't judge me on air. <laughs> Ooh, yes, well, I know, right. y'all you know. Are, you know, I already spilled the beans and everything. It's too late now. You know, spilled the beans. Everybody know what's going on. They know what you did and when you did it. Mm-hmm. Teachers was probably passing it around. Tell us. Get it, Coco. Get it. They was like, watch her. That's the one you watch. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to tell y'all the secret. Two over I was there. a virgin me. I was a virgin me, so I didn't know what I was writing about. Well, apparently you was writing about something. Those wishes and what you wanted to do, how you, you wanted to lose them. Her you, know, you know what? It's time for you to go. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, I can't talk to you. You're going to have to call me later. You're going to have to call me later. Uh-uh, call me later. You, Y'all you see how she's trying to dismiss me? I thought you uh-uh. loved me. Uh-uh, no, I'll get back on that truck now. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, girl. Uh-uh. Y'all, let y'all know right now. I'm off the truck right now because I was calling in, and plus I was checking the hoe. Uh, you know <laughs> oh. how I do. <laughs> if anybody is in California, what part? Where y'all at right now? In California, what part of California? Where y'all at today? Uh, we in NoHo, North Hollywood. Um, yeah, you know me. I had to check a hoe, and while she was getting checked, somebody ran into her truck. Um, so she on the tackle box right now. If anybody's in North Hollywood, go check her out. They food is everything. Yes. <laughs> Y'all know I'm ignorant. You shouldn't even put me on the air. <laughs> you, oh, Lord. <laughs> you are always welcome. We're going to have welcome. to get you on the show, Coco. You are always welcome. We're going to have to get you on the show. We appreciate you calling. We're going to put you back All in the right. We want you to continue to listen. All right. Y'all Bye take here. care. Okay, thanks for calling. Wow. That was fun. Now, I have a question for you because you're now independent, uh, correct? You're an independent publisher. What what were some of the difficulties uh, you ran into um, when you decided to go independent with your work? Oh, man. Oh, man. I think our biggest thing, and I know Ty and Deb are listening, I think right now, like, our biggest thing was finding somebody to edit. Like, you run into small stuff, but it's like, okay, I got this. We can take care of it. It's three of us. If if I don't know something, they are always there to back me up, and they are always there to know, like, hey, it's a better way of doing it. They showed me a lot, you know. Um, But from my point of view, our biggest thing Kid y'all not. We done went through like three editors maybe. Three three, maybe four editors already. 
and we've only been doing this maybe less than six months now. Maybe wow. maybe a little over. And, and oh my God, it's like I have. There are wonderful people on Facebook. Wonderful people you can reach out to that's gonna help you and that's gonna you know that's not that don't have the 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 tabs in a bucket mentality, but then there are. Mm-hmm. You have people that sabotage you on purpose. You have people that they charge you one thing, but when, you know, the finished product, they're like, oh, I had to do this, so it's a little bit extra, or they just don't do the job that you pay them to do. And we just kind of ran into a little bit of everything. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like it hasn't been really hard, but it is a struggle. But it's a struggle that we're appreciating because if you, if you, if we didn't, we had it easy for a very long time. Because we were meeting myself, Ty, and Dad were all with Creative Flow. So we kind of had it easy because Coco did everything for us. She did everything. All we had to do was give her a book, read over it when she gave it back, and we was done. Now, no, we can't do that. We got to read over it. We got to <laughs> we gotta pay people. We got to make sure the edit is correct. We got to, you know, it's so much behind the scenes stuff that you have to do that, you know. That's true. That's so true. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I have a, a question. This is Alicia again. So you went through all of that with all of the, the knowledge and the, the different jewels. Because I think that a lot of the times when authors come into the industry, they still to have an understanding, understanding how everything works within the industry, even if you are not going to self-publish. Um even if you are assigned to a publishing company, you know, we always say you have to have an understanding of your team and the process. You need to know what the formatter does. You need to know what the typesetter does. You need to know the importance of those things. You need to know what Mm -hmm. does your publisher do, you know, because if your publisher can get your book into 10 stores, you need to have the understanding that it's up to you to get people to go into those 10 stores to get a book. And if you cannot, what is the consequence of that? If it's return, what happens? This, you know, they don't have an understanding. They don't think about having an understanding mm-hmm. of the industry and the team around them. And I think sometimes that, that causes issues. Now, you I knowing think. what you know now, what are some of the things that you would advise a new uh, a oh, new author, man. somebody that's thinking about becoming an author? Oh man, I would say watch your surroundings. Nothing I say is to ever scare an author off, or you know, a person that 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 thinks they want to pursue getting a book together and getting it out there. Nothing I say is to ever scare anyone off. I just want people to know that this industry is just like any other industry. It's just like if you want to be a rapper, if you want to be a writer, whatever, it's it's all the same. And you go encounter some of the same people, people that don't want to see you succeed. They don't want you to because they feel like if you succeed, then you're taking something from them. When in reality, we can all get it together. You just have to be willing to do it. People don't understand that, you know, you have – I have two people in my life right now that are that that help me no matter what, no matter what. If it's promo, if it's getting me on Lisa and Tony's show, because <laughs> I got coach to help me with that. I have so it's so many people in 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 this industry that are wonderful that'll help you do whatever you 
whatever you want to do if you're going to help yourself. But then you have to realize that on the flip side of that, it's people that's not going to show you anything or they're going to charge you for the knowledge that they have. So if you want to get into this industry, surround yourself with dope people that know yeah. something because you're not going to know. Regardless is I was Coco's assistant for almost two years, and there was still stuff I don't know. But she showed me a lot. She showed me a lot. She showed me behind the scenes of what happened and what happens as the book goes through the process, and I still miss stuff. So you're not mm-hmm. going to know everything, but you still have dope people in this industry that will show you what you don't know. But you have to be willing to accept that knowledge. You have to be willing to, because if you're not, it ain't no point, because you're going to fail. Period, point blank, yeah. you're going to fail. Or you're going to find a deal with the devil, and you're still going to fail. That's some powerful information you just gave, and we appreciate you um, for saying that, because sometimes, you know, Alicia and I may say something, but you're actually living it, and you have lived it, and it's coming from an author's point of view. And, and that carries weight, whereas sometimes you another author like, okay, well, she's a fellow author, so let me kind of take in, in stride what she's saying. So we thank you for that. But before you leave the chat room, um, I'd like to ask you to describe your pen in five words or less. Ooh, five words or less. Ooh, my some pen. power words, girl, some power words. <laughs> dangerous. My pen game is, is dangerous. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous because it doesn't stop. I won't stop no matter what. My pen is that that's the best word. That's the best word to describe my pen. It's dangerous. Oh. Okay. So you gotta leave that's it at dangerous. Huh? That's that's I, enough. I, I, that's that says I, I it all. It. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Kindle Unlimited. Mm-hmm. 
right. And me and Simply Shonda have a book releasing soon. Mm-hmm. All right. That sounds exciting. Well, thank you so much for sharing it. <laughs> You're welcome. Now we're Hi, Charlie. Put you back into the queue. She said, huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. We want you to continue to listen. We will place you back in the queue, Taiwanda. Thank you for calling in and Thank just shouting her out. We appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. Now, Shonda, before you leave the chat room, we want you to shout out your work again and all of your social media and any events that you have coming up. Okay, um, I have No Love, Just Love Making, um, and The Beauty and the Struggle, My Man Jamar, Are You About That Life? Oh, let's see what else I got. I think that's it for right now. Um, I have Sapphire coming soon. I have Sean Story coming soon. I have Love and Snakes 1, 2, and 3 coming soon, very, mm-hmm. very soon, with Tawanda Brown. Um, mm-hmm. You can find me anywhere. I'm everywhere. I'm so everywhere I need to stop, seriously. Um, <laughs> I'm on Snapchat, Instagram, Dropbox. I don't even know what that is. Um, Facebook. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm on it. <laughs> I'm on it. I don't even know what that is, and I'm on it. Um, I'm all, my, all my handles are Simply Shonda. Um, you can always find me. Email me, Simply Shonda. Arthur Simply Shonda, email me. Talk to me. I love when readers talk to me. I love when readers in my inbox. I love it. Whether you have something negative or positive to say, inbox me. Hit me up. I, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> now, we got two more hands up. We're going to grab these before you head out, 803-944. You're alive in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, this is Tawanda Brown Johnson again. <laughs> next, oh, we next got you. We got you. Okay. We can do the next one. Hold on. Eight zero three five three seven. You are live in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. This is Arthur Deborah R. Brandon from Lawyer to Rain Publications, calling from South Carolina to give some love hey, to Shonda. Hi. Hey. How are you? I am great. How are you guys tonight? Yes, good. We Thank are you. Good. I was just you calling to show some love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you calling in. And we're going to put you back in the queue. We want you to continue to listen. All right. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Shonda, we had such a good time. We so appreciate you taking time out to share your journey and your work with us. You know that you are welcome back anytime. You just let me and she know and we make sure that we get you back in the chat room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I had such a good time. I really did. Mm-hmm. So that we, 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 I mean, the hands are all up. I'm not sure we have any more time, Leash. We have two more hands that are up. <laughs> oh, let me look. Um, at six, that's six three zero eight five four. Okay, and then at eight zero three three five four three eight zero three. Yeah, eight zero three five four. You're live in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Okay, we're Hi, How are you? Hello. Hello. <laughs> You're live in the chat room. What's your name? Where are you calling from? No, oh, we got shy I on us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we appreciate you, Shonda. 
anytime you want to come back, just let me or T know. And our door is always open. Yes. All right. Thank, Thank you, you so lady. much. You're welcome. <laughs> Have a great evening. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Her energy was, she was, pleasant. was contagious. Yes, contagious. her energy is awesome. I mm-hmm. love it. Love it. You got to have that energy sometimes to to just get through. We're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with Marina Chestnut. Okay. Oh, pull up on a bump of that bay roll. Shawty want to go, come a bay roll. Uh, yeah. Anywhere I go, you know the bay roll. Uh. Ball on a 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 ball on a
So I work from 8.30 at night to uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. And um, oh, it's man. just like, I mean, the shift is not the problem. It's the people. Oh, <laughs> I know how that is. <laughs> I bet you get some great content, though, for your books. You probably be taking notes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I definitely got down. a lot of ratchets up there. <laughs> <laughs> definitely some bookworthy material going on up in there. Mhm. Wow. <laughs> now, for all of those that don't know who you are, tell everybody a little about just a little bit about yourself and your work. Well, um, my name, I go by Marina J, but I also go by Divine Six. I have a total of nine books. Um. A few of them are a series. I got Lady Vendetta 1 and 2. I have Confessions of a Sport, Baby Mama 1 and 2. I have uh, Cliché, No Bitch in My Blood, Silent Secrets, and then uh, Love Me Till My Last Breath, King of Chicago. That's actually a trilogy, and me and Shelly Marie are working on. And the third part should be out pretty soon. We're almost finished with it. But I was mm-hmm. born and raised in Chicago, um, moved to North Carolina, lived there for 10 years. I'm a mother to six kids, three boys, three girls, and a wife. Oh, well, all right, girl. Now tell us how you got um, connected to La Familia Publications. Well, that's actually my company. That one, um, I started that up. Yeah, I started it up last March. And it's been, you know, it's been slow starting it up because I'm still learning um, the publishing side of everything, but I was on the um, author side of everything, not really knowing, you know, what publishers did. And now that I know, I kind of look at it like, damn, I shouldn't have took that step, but I love what I do. So, you know, it was just like the natural the, uh, natural thing for me to just go ahead and do something like that. Uh-huh. Wow. Now, do you find it it's a challenge? Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's easy to, to be with a published company. What challenges have you faced? Well, it's like it's like getting people to recognize you because, like, I have a, a few group of readers, you know, a few followers that I know I can count on for sure that whenever I drop a book, they're going to grab it no matter what. But it's basically like getting people to get to know you, getting people to get to know uh, your your work, your author. Mm-hmm and their work, and and it's hard because a lot of these people out here now, um, especially if they're in, like, the Facebook reading groups and stuff, like, they have their clicks, and so they're, they're all for this company or they're all for that company or they're all for one type of person's work or whatever. So it's kind of hard trying to get people to recognize you and want to be down with you knowing that you're giving them some type of quality work. Mm-hmm. And when you're a small company, a little company just starting out, but you got all these bigger companies, like it's like a competition. But it shouldn't be a competition because everybody has enough to share with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely, so silly, you know, absolutely. Um, mhm. This is Tony. I was gonna say that um, you know, social media is one thing, but if you go back to that old school paperback hustle. I mean, how do you keep yourself relevant if social media wasn't available today? What would what would be one of your things that you would do? Oh, I'm always on my paperback hustle. Like, I never leave home without one. Like, I take them mm-hmm. to my job. When I'm on the train, I tell people about my stuff. Like, everywhere I go and everything that I do, I, it always involves me getting my name out there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, your your book, 
is your business card. You know, how are you going to tell people about your work, but you you don't have nothing to show them? You don't have nothing to, that they can see with their own two eyes or feel with their own two hands, you know? So I'm always out somewhere, and then Chicago has a huge market with a lot of readers who don't even pay attention to social media like that. Like, I've mm-hmm. sat downtown Chicago um, one time for about a good two, three hours out in front of uh, one of the main buildings down there and just you know, pitched my stuff to everybody. I got a couple of sales. I got a couple of people who bought the ebook right away. You know, it's like I'm always on some type of hustle mode where, you know, outside of social media, what can I do to make myself better? So I always mm-hmm. keep my stuff with me. That's that's absolutely that's great. now you do promotions for um Zitro publications. How did you get into working with Divine Ortiz? Well, Divine Ortiz and me uh, met about three years ago. And how that happened was I was looking for other authors that were in the Fayetteville area, which is where I was living at. And he was the only um, other author that was there, and the other urban author, I should say, that was there. And how I came across him was, like, I was going through the reading groups one time looking for something to read, and, like, his he had his cover in there for Lady Scarface. And I was like, oh, man, this looks like it's going to be a really good book. Let me check it out. And so I got it, and I read it, and I was blown away. I was like, man, this dude is a beast, like, for real. Like, he's the type of author that you want to look for and find and read all his work. So I read Lady Scarface, and as soon as I got finished, I jumped in his inbox. Hey, man, I finished part one. One part two coming out. And, like, after that, we just started building a rapport or whatever. And then um, Mm -hmm. one of the local libraries was having uh, an event. So we both decided to meet up over there. And we got there, and we found out that the showcase um, for authors or whatever was something that we had to have registered for earlier in the year or whatever. So we just ended up going to McDonald's, me, him, and his wife sitting down and talking and everything. And we've been like family ever since. Mm. That's great. That's awesome. It's, it's rare that you find someone that you can just relate to like that in in the, in an industry that's just saturated with, you know, not necessarily people that don't want to help you, but sometimes it's hard finding that that gym. And yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And like him and his wife was truly genuine, and you know, it didn't matter that I, at the time that I met them, I was with another company because they were just starting up their own company. They were just starting Zitro. So it didn't mm-hmm. matter that I was with somebody else because, like, he wanted to see me successful the same way I wanted to see him successful. So, you know, we built, a, like, a really tight bond and a really tight friendship. And it's like I said, we we became, like, family to the point where, like, I'm going over to the house and I ain't even asking him no more. I'm just going straight into the refrigerator and the cabinets <laughs> and stuff and making uh-huh. myself at home, you know. <laughs> That's that's a that's a blessing, but this is Tony. Um, and what have you learned, you know, on this journey that you have um, embarked upon? What are what are the do's and the don'ts in the business that you've learned? Oh man, the, the don'ts is definitely definitely don't try to go against somebody who is bigger than you in name mm-hmm. and in following. Um, mm-hmm. don't try to go at this thing alone without getting advice from at least somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, Don't sit up there and try to, like, argue with your readers and stuff like that because that goes a long way. You argue with one person, 
And now mm-hmm. one person tells one person tells one person, and next thing you know, you got 3,000 people mad at you, and you don't even know why because you don't know that. You know, mm, that's powerful. And I did learn, you know, that not everybody is, is, is can ask for your best interest. Not everybody is genuine. But there are a lot of people out there that are that are genuine, and they will rock with you, and they will support you. It's just all mm-hmm. about making sure that you're not being a jerk towards people, you know, because, like, I love when readers jump in my inbox and cuss me out over a character. I love when people <laughs> post on my timeline or screenshot something and tell me about it or whatever pertaining to any of, any of my work. Like, I even get my phone number out here. Call me. Text me. I don't care if you call me to text me and say, you know what, I can't stand your ass right now, and just hang up on me. Like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, oh, you are our dreams. Leisha and I talk about that all the time. We that That is a true leader. That's, you got them in their feelings, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I got cussed out by my best friend. She cussed me smooth out for my confession series. Like, she read the, she read the first book. And she's texting me as she's reading, and she was like, oh, my God, I can't with you right now. You got me so upset. And I'm like, what I do? And she's like, you know what the hell you did. I'm right here on this chapter. And da 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 And I was like, well, my bad. I'm sorry. The storyline called for it. She was like, no, nah, the storyline didn't call for that shit. And I was like, damn. Well, you just going in on me for no reason. And then she read part two, and she really got mad at me. And I was like, oh, hell, you know, I already know I'm about to catch it. (laughs) Yes, I mean, ultimate reader. your job. Absolutely, that's the ultimate reader. They're going to run it down for you and run it to you. If it ain't right, if you've never had that ultimate reader, we'll tell you right now, break up their favorite character. Relationship right. kill off their favorite character. I guarantee they'd be all over your head trying to figure out oh. what was going on in your life at the time that you had to make this right. decision without consulting me. <laughs> right, because like I know when, when I when me and Shelly drop "Love Me Till My Last Breath," King of Chicago Part Three, it's gonna be mm-hmm. so many people mad at me. I'm gonna have to go in hiding. I'm going to have to cut my phone off. Oh, I'm going to have to deactivate my Facebook. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to not check my email. Like, there's going to be so like much I'm about to get back from this because of what I just did. I mean, Shelly just cussed me out because of it. She was like, why would you do that? Like, why? Like, I can't believe you just did that. And I'm like, yo, the storyline called for it. She was like, the storyline didn't call for that shit. I'm like... But what? Look, why y'all cussing me out like that? <laughs> wow. You see, you got your readers all in their feelings. You're doing your job, sister. You're doing your job right, as an author. author. <laughs> the readers and the co-author. Everybody mad now. She's like, now you done put me in a position. Now what am I supposed to do with this? You got me right. over here like this. I'm going to tell everybody that you did it. But I'm going to write it. But I'm going to tell them that you yeah. did this. I told her that, that's exactly what she said, too. And I said, you know, you can go ahead and tell them that because I'm about to turn off every damn thing on everybody until everybody's done reading the book. <laughs> Absolutely. Now we got a hand up. You mind taking the call? Yeah, go ahead. We got 919-904. You're live in the chat room. What's your name and where are you calling from? You don't need to know my name. I'm calling from North Carolina, though. Oh, what's going on? 
She was the one that truly didn't give a, a damn about nothing and nobody but her family. And so that's mm-hmm. how I wrote that book and, and about her family. Now, did you feel that it was therapeutic for you? This is Tony. Did you feel it was therapeutic for you? Very, very therapeutic. Very. <laughs> did you kill him off like, good? Did you kill him off good? Gruesomely? Oh, I didn't kill him until Cliché. You know, when I wrote Cliché with Shelly, I didn't kill him until that book. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could do some things in some books that you won't get, you know, need bail right. money for. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I, I killed him in Cliché. And then the funny thing is, is he actually bought a copy of Cliché because he called himself wanting to support me and shit. Uh-huh. And so he bought the book and he read the book. And I got cussed out something terrible about it because he was like, oh, my God, Marina, I can't believe it. You just telling all of our personal business in this book. And, da, 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 da. and I was like, shut up, because nobody knows it's about me. And, I mean, they know it's about me because I use my real name. Mm-hmm. But they don't know that you're the ex-husband that I'm talking about, stupid. So what you yelling <laughs> at me for? And he was like, no, I'm never going to buy another damn book of yours again. Well, you ain't got to. But you were stupid enough to buy the book, and I knew it was about me. So that was mm-hmm. your fault. Don't get mad in your feelings because I shot you. <laughs> it probably felt good, too, to shoot him up. Shoot him it up. Sure it, did. <laughs> it sure did. It sure did. You know, your, your brother just came on, and um, who has been the biggest supporter uh, on this journey of yours? Marina. Well, he's always been a supporter. Once me and him clicked up, anything that I dropped, he's always been, you know, there to push me and, and everything like that. But I also got to give mm-hmm. props to a lot of people, too. Like, I got Clever Black. He's the author of the Hall of Fame Saga series. Uh, and mm-hmm. I watched it. He was there, too. He was one of those people I ended up seeing his book in, in one of the groups, too, and, and linked up with him. But he's been a huge supporter. I got Gina Lucas. I have uh, Phoenix Williams. Um, Jasmine Devinish. Oh man, there's like so many people. I've probably been here for the next twenty, thirty minutes naming every last one of them. But mm-hmm. you know, like I got my best friend Sapphire James, like Shelly Marie has always been been there. Nika Michelle, she's been great too, Ebony Oliver. Like there's so many people. The majority of them are authors and they've been great support. Tila Allen is one of them. Like I met her at the Harlem Book Fair last year and once me and her clicked up it's like it's been nothing but love ever since then. Like she even got a whole book club. They all bought both uh both of my books for Confessions of a Torn Baby Mama and they just had me on um for an interview. Like they did a real life interview, had me on the phone with the group the whole book club in her living room and we chopped it up for like two hours about both my books. Mm-hmm. Like I got so many people that showed so much love to me that I didn't expect. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, everybody has just been real good. Everybody's been great. Wow, that's that's a blessing. It really is. Yeah, most now, definitely. You, absolutely. It, okay, such a blessing. Go ahead, T. No, I'm just saying that's really a blessing. You can go ahead, Lisa. Oh, yeah. I met no, some I amazing people. Ask, and you know what? When you have to go out and network, I think that is, like, the best feeling in the world. And I, what I was going to ask you, when you went out and you started networking, how did that help you um, as an author to, to um, get where you wanted to be? Well, with some people, they were really open 
with, you know, giving me pointers and stuff like that. And for the ones who weren't really open, I didn't like, I, I didn't really jump on them too much or like that. Like, I kind of fell back from the ones that I would ask questions to and they really didn't want to give me no answers. But mm-hmm. the ones that did give me the answers that I was looking for or would allow me to jump in their inbox or give me their personal number and call them or whatever, like, those are the ones I stayed dealing with. Like, Clever Black, when I first, uh, I met him before I met Divine Ortiz, I stayed in that man's inbox, like, faithfully. Like, I was in that joint every single day. And never once did he say, hey, man, you just irritating shit out of me. Can you leave me alone? Like, he never did it. Like, he mm-hmm. answered every single question that I had. And I was like, yo, that's love. Because who else would let somebody they don't even know nag the hell out of them with a whole mm-hmm. bunch of questions when he could have easily been like, go ask your damn publisher. Stop bothering me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he didn't do that. So, you know, it was like just to have that right there knowing that I had somebody who's always going to look out for my best interest, like, that was that was all that I needed right there. So he's always been there for me to do that. Like, even now, I still have questions, so I'll ask him. And he still answers them. Like, you know, we just sat down. He just came to my house. We just chopped it up, had dinner, played space, a couple of drinks, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's that's. That's great, but um, I want to ask you. This is this is Tony. Um, okay. What would you say keeps your creative juices flowing? You know, I know some sometimes books imitate life. What keeps your juices flowing just, just to keep your stories fresh? To keep my stories fresh and keep my juices flowing is just like every every day. Like there's always mm-hmm. something that's going on. There's always something happening. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, I live in one of the hugest cities in. United States, so like Chicago always has everything going on. You can hear everything on the bus, on the train. Just the other day, I went somewhere and I heard this little ratchet girl behind me on her phone, loud as hell, talking about how she had to get peanut stuff out of her house before them people kicked the door in. Like, you hear so much stuff. Uh-huh. And it's just like, all of that is like great material. So, when I'm on the on the bus or on the train, like now I don't take my headphones no more. I used to take my headphones and just going out listening to music. But I don't even take them no more because I want to hear what other people have to say around me because that that can go for some great book material. Mhm, I know that's right. I just love the people watch myself. <laughs> oh yeah, and then, you know, like some of them, some of them give you good ideas or a good scenario or something. Like even the people at work. Like, for whatever reason, people at work think, like, I'm their therapist or something. So I got, like, mm. 20 people coming to me telling me all their business, and I'm like, hmm, I can use that in a book. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell them I'm going to use that in a book, but I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. You can set up your appointment, have them rotating in and out, get you some serious stories going. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But um, as an author, Marina, what has been your proudest moment? My proudest moment, I would have to say, is when I dropped my first book and my oldest daughter, when she was 12 at the time, but Mm -hmm. she had posted something up on Facebook, and she was like, you know, my mom said she was going to do it, and she she did it. She wrote her first book, and it, it finally came out, and I'm just proud that she's my mom. 
and she can show me that, you know, you can do anything that you want as long as you put your mind to it. So go buy my mom's book. Oh, and, like, that was point. just, like, the biggest thing for me. And then every book that I've dropped since then. Absolutely. Now, this Alicia, I have a question for you. Um, if you can go back and do it all over, is there any aspect of your novels uh, or getting into the publishing industry that you would change? Marina? Did we lose her? Can you hear me? Uh-oh, did we lose her? Oh, man, that was a good question, too. Right, girl. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that is what I think authors um, should strive for. So much going on. It's so saturated. It is hard to enjoy something uh, or even continue to have a passion uh, when things are so saturated and it's just everything everywhere. But when you can just take that and just pull that Mm -hmm. out of all of that, that just makes it all worth the while. Absolutely. And before we leave, Leash, let's give another shout-out to that reference book uh, that you had given us at the top of the show. I think it was Spellbinding Sentences. Is that right? Yes. It's by Barbara Beige, and it's called Spellbinding Sentences, A Writer's Guide to Achieving Excellence and um, Captivating Readers. And Mm -hmm. this is a great, great tool if you are an author, if you are even an editor. Um, I would say mm-hmm. because those sentences, that content that you put in the book is really, really important, and the way you put it together is what will mm-hmm. draw that reader into your pen. So check it mm-hmm. out. Check it out. Go through it. Um, see what works for you. You know, I always say anything for the literary agent, uh, industry. I always compare it to 31 flavors. You go in there, you're like, let me taste this, and let me try that. Try this way right here. Let me try this way. So it's whatever, try can always mm-hmm. work for you. So we give you these references. Some people can use them. Some people cannot, but at least we give them. We like to share, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what we get and the things that we experience um, with our listeners. Mm-hmm. And we are so glad that everybody, to everybody that listens. We really appreciate you guys. I didn't realize until the AANBC Awards how many people actually listen to this show. We do two shows. Um, and a lot of times people listen to the other show, but we realize, like, how many people actually listen to less chat. It is totally mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate every each and every one of you. We really do. It makes what we do even more fun, Leash. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you want to meet us and check us out, we will be at the Harlem Book Fair. We won't be vending at the Harlem Book Fair, um, but we will be there walking around, experiencing. I've never been there. Uh, This is my first time. Mm -hmm. And we will be there, I think, in July. I want to say the 7th, mid-Saturday in July, that very hot Saturday. So if you're in the New York City area, or just, you know, have a train, have a plane, have a bus. Come out and meet us and meet all the various authors and artists that are going to be out there. It's a great time. I've been there for the last couple of years, and it's it's, it's a good thing to another way of networking with the people in the industry across the board. Absolutely, absolutely. And we are out. We will see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same chat, chat, chat. Station. Yeah, those CCTs. I'm going to get that one day. <laughs> Tomorrow we will have J.M. Benjamin in the house. You know, we've been waiting for J.M. Benjamin talk about picking Ooh. people up. So we're going to be in here. Let me let me find out. <laughs> so J.M. Benjamin be will fun. be in the house tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> and we are out, I think, on our way out the door. We're going to play a little. Done. No, in my feelings by Kimber Nicole and Necessary. Shout out to the Furnace family. Happy birthday, EP Pope.
You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.